Alright everybody, hello and welcome to a special episode of the WrestleHolic Podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about Sakura Genesis that happened this Sunday. Uh, we decided to do a special middle of the week episode for this because we don't feel with WrestleMania being this weekend that we could uh, give this show the respect that it deserves in the middle of all of our WrestleMania talk this weekend, so we're doing a special episode today to talk about Secure Genesis because it was just such a great show that we have to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was an awesome follow-up to, to some of the beginning of the year New Japan shows and a great follow-up to what we saw at Strong Style Evolve last weekend. Yeah, a lot of the, uh, of course, the big Bullet Club storyline uh, was followed through from Strong Style Evolved last weekend. Uh, we got to see... And just a phenomenal match. I mean, the matches in this on this card were were all of them were above three stars for me. So they were all above average. Um, but the Marty Skrull Will Osprey match that we'll get into more a little bit later was phenomenal. Uh, the Golden Lovers versus Cody and Hangman Page was great, and then the main event was honestly I think and I started watching at Wrestle Kingdom twelve, so but I think the main event was the best Okada match I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's right up there, and I think what really spoke to this for me was it was a battle of two highly technical guys, and that was kind of the thing. Okada went back to his roots of being a submission wrestler. Um I forgot which one of the announcers pointed it out, but we were probably 10-plus minutes into this match before a single strike was even thrown. Yeah. So we were you know, a third of the way of this match before someone even threw any sort of strike. It was just literally a chess match of who was going to get the other guy to kind of make the move first. Okay. <clears throat> but, um, but let's kick it off, you know? Let's, let's see what we got here. To me, this... Yes, there was a lot of fun stuff on this card, but it really was a three-match card. It was your... Your Osprey Skrull, your Lovers against Team Cody, and then the the main event. But there were still a lot of really fun matches. Uh, we kick off the show with the Young Bucks. Uh, Matt still with his injured back. Um, Nick, if you notice, a lot of the Bullet Club guys, if you watch Being the Elite, Cody got them all weight belts with their names on them. And so far, Nick is the only guy who really isn't wearing the weight belt, whereas Matt is, um, Marty, Will, Hangman, and Cody have. So uh, it, it's really kind of an interesting story to see Nick's still not sure exactly what he wants to do or what side he's going on. Uh, but the story of this match is it was Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. You know, we had the Young Bucks versus Chase Owens and Yujiro. Yujiro uh, uh, and Chase attack the Bucks to start off, and then it kind of becomes your, your usual Young Bucks match. A lot of a lot of super kicks, a lot of high-flying acrobatics. Uh, Matt still selling the back, you know. And I... Um, I think it was Kevin Kelly who said that, and then uh, John Pollock of Post Wrestling, I heard say it on his review. And, and the second I heard it, it was like the light bulb went off. These guys, the Young Bucks, as much as you want to hate them, they're the Rock and Roll Express of uh, 2018. You know, Matt will right. sit there and sell and sell and sell and get his ass beat, and then he gets the hot tag to his brother, and then it's just, you know, fire from there. So these guys are, are getting to a whole nother level. But, um, you know, a, a simple match, nothing too crazy. Owens and Udro are definitely kind of on the lower end of the totem pole for the Bullet Club. And um, nine nine quick minutes, but a fun opener. And we would see the Bucks again later. But, um, yeah, Matt Jackson with that patented sharpshooter on Chase Owens got the W for the team. Yeah, like you said, just a, just a, a good, solid opener. Um, the Young Bucks really did... What they usually do as openers, they just kind of got out and got the crowd fired up and ready to go. They got the crowd entertained, and uh, that's all you can really ask for from an opener. So it, it did its job, and it did it really well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, again, something we saw kind of a carryover from Strong Style Evolved to where all four men did shake hands after, even though um, Owens and Udrow jumped the bucks to get at the beginning. Uh, we didn't quite see that at the end of Strong Style Evolved where Kenny wanted to shake hands, Nick was all for, but Matt wasn't quite bought in. Um, these four guys all shook hands, you know. We The, the Bullet Club infighting, I think, is going to be the biggest story of the end of 2017 into 2018. By the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if 
Um, the Bullet Club is, if it's still around, it's completely different. You know, nothing we recognize now, or if it's been just completely destroyed, kind of during this this the Civil War here. You know. Yeah. Um, and if it does, I think after Supercard of Honor, and I could be I could be wrong, but I think after Supercard of Honor, I think we're gonna see. Um, Nick, Matt, Kenny, and Kota Ibushi have their own group, not called the Bullet Club. I don't know what they'll call themselves, but have their own little four-man stable-style group. And then uh, Cody will branch off with his guys, which will probably be Marty and Hangman, and maybe a couple others. And then the uh, Gorillas of Destiny will break off and have their own with Bad Luck Fale. And we'll just kind of see... All the little groups that we have within Bullet Club after Supercard of Honor kind of splinter off and take their own uh, directions. And yeah. I think Cody will probably, if he wins Supercard of Honor, maintain the name Bullet Club. If he doesn't, then I'm not sure what they'll call themselves. Yeah, and I think the cool thing is, because both Cody and Kenny are, are comic book and video game guys, so it really feels like, to me, if, if anyone out there is up to date on like, the Marvel stuff, it really feels like Captain America against Iron Man. You know, it's that civil war. It's two guys who feel like they're doing the right thing, they're not in the wrong, and they'll do whatever they got to do to get their point across. And, you know, Cody gets played off as the heel a lot, and if you look at any story throughout time, the villain never thinks they're a villain. They think their cause is just and right and everything they do to support their cause is the right thing so that's that's kind of a cool way to look at it if you want to get a little bit deeper on it is it, it really feels like that um and i was just looking at the the dentaku shows which is a two-night event in the beginning of may and if we thought we were getting a lot of bullet club uh infighting now uh, if we fast forward a month, we'll cover that at the end here. It's going to get nutty. Um, next match, uh, we had Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano representing Chaos against the uh, Suzuki Goon representatives of Taichi and Izuka. Uh, you know, a typical kind of match for these four guys. Nothing too crazy, nothing too wild. Um, Izuka got out the Iron Claw. Uh, Yanu was punching people in the dick. Uh, <laughs> you know, typical stuff. Yeah. Uh, Ishii bit a guy at one point. You say, know. Lots of biting going on in this match. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, at, when Toru Yanu isn't in a serious thing, like, I don't want to see him in the G1. I don't want to see him in the New Japan Cup. Those are serious tournaments to me. When he can just do these comedy matches, you know what? Have at it, man. I'm all for it. Punch whoever you want in the balls. Rip off all the turnbuckle pads. Um, What'd you think? How'd you how'd, what'd you think of this match? Seven seven forty two it came in at. Uh, yeah, it was definitely it was the probably the least serious match on the card out of all of them. Uh, it was kind of more of the gimmicky, jokey match on the card, which there's nothing. I didn't have a problem with it. It was in a good spot. It wasn't too far into the card to be the part that needed to be taken seriously by fans. I think it was just New <clears throat> Japan's way of kind of easing the fans into the awesome main event that we got to see yeah kind of a, a little break there a little palate cleanser so you're not because again we just came off of a, a kind of meaningful but meaningless bullet club bullet club match so this is the one to kind of give you a break before like you said as the card starts to really ramp up um match three again our friends in the bullet club the tongans bad luck fale tama tonga who had easily one of the coolest haku shirts i've ever seen mm-hmm. uh, and Tongaloa went against uh big mike uh heisuke taguchi and togi makabe my favorite part of this match was the tongans just beating the piss out of uh, michael elgin i enjoyed yeah. that greatly did you listen um, to um during the match bad luck fale walked over and said of Michael Elgin, he said he just has a face that you just want to punch the fuck in. Yo, I, I loved that that uh, quote. Bad luck, Fale, man. He'll he'll never go down as is the greatest of all time. But that that dude, he has been the heart and soul of the Bullet Club since day one, and he's just the man. He he's untouchable. But yeah, it's I mean the big story of the match was the Tongans getting a lot of the heat on um, on Elgin. He got the hot tag to to Gucci at one point. Um, Taguchi went for all the um, the hip attack strikes there, kind of like we see Asuka do. And at one point, <laughs> I love that he was he went for it and then didn't realize that all the Tongans were just standing behind him. So as he went yeah. to turn around to run, he's ran into a big 
brick shit brick wall. Right. Uh, um, but yeah, and then at one point, um, Taguchi went for uh, for an aerial attack, and Tama ducked it and nailed a beautiful stun gun, and uh, or a gun stun. I always get it backwards. Um, but nailed the gun stun, which is what basically it's an RKO. It's a cutter. Right. And uh, yep, the Tongans keep the belts. Yeah, I wasn't too surprised to see the the Tongans keep the belts because, like we said uh, in our last episode, I just can't see any promotion. Putting the belt, putting any kind of belt on Michael Elgin right now. No, it's and it's weird. New, New Japan is giving me. It, it's like you know, you're getting mixed feelings from from somebody you got a crush on. One day you think they're India, the next day they don't want anything to do with you. You know, right. um, they're smart enough to not book him on a U.S. show like Strong Style Evolved, but he's been on damn near, if not every Japanese soil show they've had. Yeah. So it's like they know when to use him, when not to use him. Um, so I don't know if, if Gato and Jado truly, like, you and I have discussed this, I don't know if they truly know kind of how he's looked at over here. Um, yeah, time will tell. I think the G1 will be the, the big test. Yeah, I think they know. I just think that they understand that the Japanese crowd either doesn't know or doesn't care. Um, yeah, he's a big monster, big yeah, monster white So they guy, just you know? they just keep using him because they know the Japanese crowd isn't going to cheer him or boo him, They're, you know. Yeah, he's gonna throw some big suplexes. They're gonna love him. Uh, yeah, that's that's honestly what I probably think it is as well. I'm right there with you. Um, another branch of Taguchi Japan, uh, Juice Robinson, hmm. number one uh, contender here, David Finley, and the ace himself, Hiroshi Tanahashi, going yep. against Chaos of uh, Goto, uh, U.S. Champ Jay White, and Yoshihashi. I love uh, with- the storytelling in this match, by the way. Yeah, yep, that's exactly what I was going to get into and ask you right about, because the big story of this was um, Finley getting his hands on Jay White and vice versa. So ever since, uh, oh Christ, it was only a week? Jesus, yeah. it feels like forever. Um, but yeah, Finley attacked Jay White at Strong Style Evolved and staked his claim to the number one contendership, and then, yeah, it was just those two beating the piss out of each other. Yeah, uh, I was surprised that they opened the match against each other. I kind of thought Jay White would do the typical hill thing where he's like, yeah, I'll open the match against you, and then he tags someone else in and ducks out real quick. Yep, yep, and that's, you know, right there with you. And it's, again, as I was watching this, I'm still I'm still not bought in on Jay White, and I think it's, I don't know if it's because Jay White's not bought in on the character or what. It's just not doing it for me, whereas right. I watch David Finley, and if you know anything about his family, yeah. he's just like his dad and his grandfather. He's going to go over there, and he's going to let you know he's here. He's going he's gonna to hurt you. But, um... Yeah, and then Tanahashi, you know, got the win with the high fly flow. Right. Uh, the whole Taguchi team looked pretty good. Uh, again, just like the Bucks, we'll see Tana a little bit later. But yeah, I'm right there with you. Finley and Jay White was the the only story I cared about in this match. Yeah, um, and Tanahashi getting the win was surprising at the time because I really figured fin- David Finley would get the win. Uh, just to you know, to continue to give him momentum going up against Jay White, but at the end of the night, which we'll get into later, but at the end of the night, it all made sense that uh, Tanahashi got the W. Yeah, it all kind of came back full circle, and then because I'm, I'm right with you. I think, um, again, it's like what they with Adam Page going into it. He was getting wins left and right, whether they were tag matches or single matches. Yeah. I'm um, going into his match with White, so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, he said Hiroshi Tanahashi getting the win made a lot more sense once we got to the end of the card. Uh, match six is no match five. Five, holy hell! Um, I'm thinking a nine match cards long. We got a what fourteen one coming up in a yeah, couple of days. Thirteen or something Jesus. like that Sunday. <laughs> match five. Um, one of my personal favorites, Minoru Suzuki. Yep. Um, and the Killer Elite Squad of Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer. They took on Lij. Um, kind of the upper tier of Lij in Naito, Evil, and Sonata. And then this is literally a number one contenders versus champions match because yeah. uh, Naito's gunning for Suzuki, and then the Killer Elite Squad's gunning for Evil and Sonata. So well, Naito uh, was kind of secretly gunning for Suzuki. Like Suzuki was kind of pissed off that Naito didn't pay any attention to him, kind of disrespected him. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the end. That was the end result. That was one thing that we talked about um, Saturday as well uh, in our last episode with all the tag matches. This match furthered two different storylines in, in one match. Instead of having, you know, two separate matches to further two storylines, this one match furthered two storylines in, what, like 15 minutes? 
Yeah, it, it was quick. It was painless. It was fun because you got to see, again, six six top guys in their divisions really do what they got to do. And that's kind of, that's what New Japan does better than anybody. Whereas with the WWE, you'll get these random tag matches that don't do anything, don't mean anything. All these tag matches that we've talked about, which are one, two, three, four, now five, all have implications into bigger storylines. You know, the Bullet Club infighting, uh, then we've got uh, the Tongans defending against that. So there's a title match. Uh, Finley and White Tanahashi later. This one, you literally have two title programs in one tag match. They really use the undercard to build up those top three to four main matches on their big shows, and that's something they do better than anybody. Yeah. Um, and I love, even though, even though I couldn't understand what either one of them were saying, I loved the promo at the end uh, with um, Naito and Suzuki. Yeah, and if you guys, um, this goes for you as well, Shano, uh, check out Chris uh, Charlton on Twitter. He's He lives in Japan. He used to, I believe he used to work for the Fight Network, or he's close with those guys. So he's always on um, now uh, post-wrestling on their shows, and he covers a lot of their Japanese stuff. He translated the whole thing, and I, I can't remember. I remember it was very expletive-filled. Uh, Suzuki right. was not very happy. <laughs> um yeah. But this just goes to show, again, on Saturday, what you and I talked about with, like, Andrade. Yeah. He doesn't have to speak the language, but you can tell through his emotion, through his tone, uh, what he's trying to get across, and you, you feel it. Same thing here. Yeah. Um, of course, I knew, thanks to the commentators talking throughout the match, that Suzuki Gun and Naito were probably going to be the next match we saw for the Intercontinental Championship. So that helped, you know, get the context a little bit, but... Even just listening to their tone of voice and the way they looked at each other, I could tell that um, Naito nonchalantly challenged and Suzuki Gun got, or Suzuki rather, got pissed off. And uh, I could tell by the way the crowd reacted that he was either calling Naito, telling Naito something, or calling him a few names. Yeah, he did a little bit of both. Uh, <laughs> it was he was not very happy to be challenged. That's for sure. Uh, um, following that up, though, again, more friends from LIJ and Suzuki Goon, uh, and Chaos, the whole gang involved in this one. Uh, El Desperado and Kanemaru defended the junior tag belts in a three way against Bushi and Takahashi. And Yo and Sho, uh, I'm really big on Rapungi 3K. I love Yo and Sho. They've come so far since they not only left on their excursion, but just being young lions. Uh, I think Takahashi is probably one of the most over guys in all of professional wrestling. If you look at uh, the Long Beach show they just did, and just anytime he comes out, like that that crowd erupts. They love him. Yeah. Um, Desperado, El Desperado, and Kanemaru, I'm not the biggest fan of. It's just I don't know what it is. It just doesn't do anything for me because again, they're kind of the lower guys on the Suzuki Goon ladder. So similar to like a, an Owens or a Yujiro. I'm not into them. I get why they're there because everyone's got to have. It's a totem pole, you know. You got to have your foundation. Right. But um, but good for them having the belts again. I think eventually at a bigger show we're probably going to get the the Bushi and Takahashi. I just I don't want to see Rapungi get them back right away because that'll be three times I think they've had the belts three or four yeah. since they came back in um, last fall. I think it was right around Thanksgiving time. So that's you know. That's kind of a, a WWE-style thing to where they're going to get four rapid-fire title reigns and none of them mean anything. Right. Uh, yeah, the only thing I didn't like about this match was the length. Um, I think that really hurt it because it, it, it started off pretty good, and then the more hill antic they got into it and the, more, and the, and the longer it went, the more I kind of started to dislike it. Uh, I think this was probably... The worst match on the card to me. Um, just because this match had the lowest amount, like the least amount of storytelling in it. This match was just people trying to cheat to get the win. And I don't know, it just didn't entertain me that much. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, this just felt like a really long card to me. And that, again, is going to sound so weird to everybody who's going to tune into like a seven-hour WrestleMania in less right. than a week. But... It's just, I don't know, I don't know if it was just some of the, the way the matches were kind of done, or maybe, I think to me, it was knowing what the three main matches were going to be, 
that I just wanted to get to those. So the fact that I had to wait, you know, uh, not even that long. It's maybe an hour at most. That's the sad yeah. part. Um, I had to wait an hour. I, I sound like such a spoiled douche um, to get to the three matches I actually cared about. But it, it just, I'm right there with you. I just felt like it took, like, uh, especially a juniors match. I get being with it being a three-way. It had to be a little bit longer. But, you know, they, they could have told the same story in, in eight to ten minutes that they told in 13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and especially for the for the belts to get retained. These were... So these two belts were some of the belts I expected to change hands at this event, and they didn't, and that was kind of disappointing too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Looking at the only couple of title matches, I'm right there with you. I thought the two junior belts were going to be the two that were going to swap hands. Uh, we talked about how you know we're gonna let's just get into it. Um, oh, right, Osprey right. versus Skrull. Uh, was this your match of the night? No, um, actually the main event was, but. Uh, Oh man, Osprey looks like he's not, and I and I could be wrong. This is um, so we're recording this on Monday night. It's probably going to go up Tuesday. Um, so as of right now, it's questionable if Will Osprey will go up. So if things change between now and Saturday, we'll let you guys know Saturday. But uh, yeah, man, Will Osprey, I thought he was broken neck for sure when I saw that big yeah. spot. Yeah, I actually, this is one of the few cards I didn't either wake up or stay up for, and you did. Yeah. And, and you sent me the gift first thing, and it was just like, I watched it right when I woke up. And I was like, holy shit. I, yeah, I and thought he And the craziest thing is, is Osprey wrestled for another 15, 20 minutes after he did that. And they did all next spots. At one yeah. point, Marty's literally just stomping on the back of his head. He's like, right. oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The heel least... heat that uh, oh. Skrull got from that is amazing. Like, Marty Skrull, aside from Cody Rhodes, might be the best heel in WWE. I mean, in wrestling right now. And the cool thing is, they're such different heels. Yeah. Like, you know, Cody's that cocky, arrogant, you know, jock who you just hate. You have yeah. no choice. You have to hate him. He's an asshole. Whereas Marty is the, you know, oh, you got a cut, and he throws dirt in it. You know, he fights dirty. He's the villain. The yeah. perfect, perfect gimmick. Um, but yeah, this match was for. It didn't feel like it was a half an hour long. No, that's that's for sure. It was just, I loved it. You know, Osprey finally broke the curse, got over Squirrel, which he he hasn't been able to do yet. Right. But yeah, that that Spanish fly when he and I watched the gif in slow mo and I watched the match. I thought he snapped his neck, and then he came up just pouring blood. And yeah. this this card, man, this card may have set the record for most hard ways in in one event because. Damn near, I felt like every match somebody got busted open, even a little bit. Yeah, even I mean I know Co- we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but I know Cody busted his eye open, but even Kenny was bleeding in his back after he went through that table. Yeah, Kenny got a little blood. Tama had a cut right over his uh, his bridge of his nose there. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised. I'm honestly surprised Naito or Suzuki didn't get busted open the way they were throwing chairs off yeah. each other's heads and everything. Yeah, like I was just asking for it. Um, and a lot of these guys are working Mania weekend too, so it's like, yeah. slow down. You guys got the like the biggest weekend of the year coming up. You, you want to make sure you're healthy. Right. But yeah, Osprey, Osprey and Scroll was just awesome. Will Osprey is, um, he will I think eventually go down as one of the best cruiserweights, juniors, whatever you want to call them, right. in history. And again, this match and Strong Style evolved last weekend set up, um. It's set up Skrull and Mysterio. It's set up Osprey Mysterio. It's set up uh, Mysterio Liger. Like, we got three to four matches out of a Strong week's worth. Of all, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just out of two matches between last weekend and this weekend. So that was awesome. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I don't know where the villain goes from here. I mean, he's got a sweet ROH title shot against Dalton Castle this coming weekend at Supercard of Honor. Right. But uh, I, I couldn't – I loved it. I love this match. Yeah, I don't have anything – I don't have anything negative to say about this match. Um, it was awesome from start to finish. It really, I was expecting it to be a little bit more, uh, how I guess the term is like flippy shit, I guess. I was expecting a little bit more flippy shit out of Will Ospreay, but he really wrestled more of a, more of a technical match than he usually does. Um, which I loved. I mean, he still did, he still did all the flips and got all the, you know, tricks in and everything, which was nice. Um, 
the thing I like the most, and one of the things I've grown to love about New Japan commentary, and this is the Japanese commentary, was Kushida was ringside for the whole show. Hey, so, that's another match. Yeah, that's so, another one I forgot. So instead of just having him show up just for that match, Kushida was ringside, ringside for the entire show. Uh, and then after the match, Osprey was kind of like, you're still known as the best junior. I want to be known as the best junior, and to be the best, I have to beat the best. So Osprey kind of in the opposite way that New Japan does things. Usually the challenger comes out and challenges the champion. This time the champion, kind of the same thing he did with Rey Mysterio, where he was he was just like, whenever you're ready, you know, basically whenever you're ready, come at me, bro. I'm ready to take you on. Is kind of you know paraphrasing what he said to to Kushida. But I love the fact that um, I love the fact that Kushida was ringside for the entire event instead of just that one match. It just made it seem. You know, it just made it seem like, instead of being storyline, like Osprey had it, he was like, oh, okay, Kushida's ringside, then I'm going to say this to him, instead of, you know, Kushida coming out right before the match started. Yeah, it wasn't that obvious, you know, Kushida's going to come out and just do commentary for this one match, you know, which is what we're so accustomed to in professional wrestling from forever. Uh, right. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. It was fantastic. And again, yeah, another match I completely forgot about was, you know, Kushida and Osprey, which I think... I think Osprey's got to beat Kushida, and then, I don't know, I think Kushida moves up as well, because I don't think there's anything left for him in the the junior division. Right. And Kushida's not, he's not an old guy by any means. He still has years left in him. Yeah, he, he's still he's still pretty young. He got into it very young. Um, but yeah, that's going to be another barn burner. Yeah, and Osprey, like you said, he wrestled a Marty Skrull match. He didn't wrestle a Will Osprey match. Yeah. He was, he was very technical. He got his spots in. Um, and I'm not even going to say, I'm not even going to sit here and kind of try and be that guy that complains about too many high spots. Cause yeah, it's, you know, he's done a million of those Spanish flies and this one, he just miscalculated. It happens, yeah. you know, that's, that's, I'm not even going to sit here and try and shut on that. Um, uh, next match, the bullet club team Cody versus the golden lovers. Yeah. How did you feel about this? Uh, especially compared to, let me get you two questions. What did you think of this match as its own, and then what did you think of it compared to the match we saw this past Sunday? Uh, okay, so I'm going to answer the second question first. Um, compared to Strong... Like I said Saturday, it's going to be damn near impossible for any tag team match to live up to uh, Golden Lovers versus Young Bucks from Strong Style Evolved in 2018. Um, this match by itself... Uh, the storytelling was great. Everything they did made sense. I knew going into it that either Hangman Page or Kota Ibushi was going to take the pinfall. I just couldn't see Cody or Kenny eating the pinfall right before Super Card of Honor. Uh, and Kota Ibushi is the one that got pinned. Um, the ending was a little weird because it was just a quick roll-up by Cody on Kota. But uh, other than that, um, it was a nice, it was a good match, but it was a nice little cooldown match between Osprey Skrull and Okada, uh, Zack Saber Jr. Yeah, and I fully agree with you. I mean, compared to the the Young Bucks match, that's the one that had all the emotion behind it. Yes, uh, Cody and Kenny is is a huge umbrella of a storyline, but I think the strong style evolved emotion. Uh, it's it just far and beyond what we had here. But like you said, this is what's the final kind of setup for Strong Style Evolve, which will be the setup for what we're going to talk about in a little bit with Dentaku coming in May. Uh, these, the, you know, the two leaders finally kind of got to get their hands, you know, give a little taste. It's not going to make you not want to see Cody and Kenny next week, right. you know, because this just gave you that little bit of a, okay, you know, the, these two are, let's see what's going to happen. You know, I want to see it one on one. Um, Cody got his eye busted wide open. Yep. This guy on this heel run has gotten more stitches than I think anybody during a single heel run. Yeah. But yeah, blood everywhere. And, and it was, it reminded me of the old, um, like his father and like Ric Flair when they would bleed and just the bleach blonde hair is just dyed red now. And it's just yeah. this big, this big yeah. dramatic kind of look to it. Right. And I posted a picture of, uh, Cody's cut. <laughs> Uh, on our Twitter account, so if you want to see it, go look at Wrestle at, at Wrestleaholic on Twitter. You probably have to scroll through the timeline by the time this goes live a little bit to find it, but it's a nasty gash. Right, I mean it's right above his his. It's not even like it's in between his eyebrow and his 
eyelid. Yeah, it's right in that that sweet spot. And I mean, and I feel bad for Cody. It seems like every time he gets busted open, it's around the eyes. Like it's never a forehead or anywhere else. It's right on his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had that one last year with the big gash in his lip, just split yeah, his yeah. lip wide open. But other than that, yeah, it always seems to be right near his eye. One of the one of these days, Cody Cody might go blind from a from a kick in the eye. You know, because that seems to be how he bleeds every time. And then, um, yeah, but next week is going to be a big one. Uh, but the main event, the one we're all here for, New Japan 2018 Cup winner Zack Sabre Jr. against the IWGP heavyweight champion, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. Yeah. Um, this, to me, I don't know if I'd go match of the year, but I think when the dust settles on 2018, it's going to be a contender. Mm. Uh, what do you think? I mean, we're coming in at... I'll say 35 minutes. It, it's like a hair under that. But what'd you think watching this? Um, watching it live was a trip. It was a emotional on the edge of your seat trip because everything Kazuchika Okada did, Zack Saber Jr. had a submission counter ready for it. I mean, and like we said, it took it took easily 10 to 12 minutes before the first strike happened in this match and it was a drop kick it was a desperation desperation drop kick from okada to get zach saber jr off of him um and man just like, like i said the storytelling in this match was insane uh it it like i said like we said saturday this was the closest okada's come to dropping that title in a long time and it was there were times where I legitimately believed that Okada was either going to have to tap out or he was going to pass out. Yeah, uh, at least since Naito at Wrestle Kingdom um, January, this is the the first time Okada's really looked this vulnerable in a match like he might not walk away as the winner. And I, I especially mixed... with this being the match that the defense that tied Tanahashi's record, I could yep. really see. Wrestle Kingdom, like you said Saturday, being like, thanks for all the hard work, Okada, but that's Tanahashi's record. You're not going to break it. And he still could not break it. Yeah, and that's and that's right where I was going to because I had mixed feelings coming right in this. You know, I wanted Zack Sabre to win just because he had such an amazing New Japan Cup, and he is such... If, if I had to describe this match in, in any sort of word, and it might sound weird, to use this word in wrestling, but it was beautiful. Like yeah. the way Zack Saber Jr. works his submissions is is a thing of beauty. They're seamless. They're smooth. Like it's he's got an answer for everything. It's like he actually like this is an honest to God true. Like you would watch game film before you know playing the Lakers or something. Like you would watch to see who does what, where do they go, what are their tendencies. He knew everything Okada was gonna do before Okada was gonna do it. So. um I wanted him to win because he just the way he dominated the New Japan Cup, and then just right. especially as the match went on, like he just he had an answer for everything. But then knowing that we're gonna get that that cool match between Tana and Okada to where Okada can break Tana's record, it's like well shit, that's some historical stuff. I kind of want to see that too. Yeah, and and it's so weird. It's it's weird that in New Japan, I mean, we knew we were gonna get. Naito and Okada because Naito won the opportunity all the way back in July at the G1. I mean, once Okada started racking up more wins and we kind of saw him getting close to Tanahashi's record, we know we're going to get Tanahashi and Okada like far out. We know it's going to happen. Not not so far. You know, it's a month away. Um, but then when the same thing happens in a WWE, we hate it. Like we knew Brock and Roman was going to be happening a year ago and we hated it right away whereas new japan will do the same thing but maybe seven months ahead of time and we're like awesome this makes sense i don't know if it's because it's between guys we feel truly have earned it and i hate using the d word you know that i hate saying deserve um but deserve to be in these spots because i mean i'm sorry brock lesnar doesn't really need to be in this spot Roman does, because Roman's a young guy who's there 300 days a year, so he absolutely does. But if we right. gave him a meaningful feud, maybe we wouldn't hate it. Um, right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I think um, I think the main reason why, the main reason I hated Reigns getting this, or not Reigns, but Reigns and Lesnar getting this uh, 
match at Mania Sunday is because I didn't want to see Brock Lesnar be champion all damn year. Yeah, that was that was why I kind of sullied on it and I didn't like it because again we were gonna see Brock was gonna hold the title ransom and show up a handful of times a year. Yeah. You know? Did you see Did you see uh in the little thing they did, which was another reason why I thought I don't know what to call it, but another reason why I thought that um Okada might drop it because right before the match started they showed all the not all but a lot of the previous um uh IWGP heavyweight championship holders and Brock Lesnar was on there. I mean, I knew he was a, was a former champion, but I was kind of surprised that they showed Brock Lesnar on there right before WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, that's um, and that's interesting. It's weird because I don't think I feel like much like the WWE, New Japan can be selective at times. Like there are times he will, they will, you know, mention that Brock Lesnar wrestled there and that Kurt Angle had wrestled there, but then there will be times to where they won't bring it up at all. Just like the WWE, sometimes they'll mention a guy's history. Sometimes they will completely act like he's, you know, 40-year-old Bobby Roode getting called a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm glad Okada retained. But Zack Sabre Jr., one one thing I saw a couple of murmurs about was why didn't Zack do the orienteering of Napalm Death? And I'm glad he did, because if yeah. he threw that on Okada and Okada didn't lose to it, you just killed his main finisher That's was the one he basically used to dominate the, the New Japan Cup. Right. So I like that they protected the finisher. You know, I think Zack Sabre Jr. is going to stay in the, the main event picture. If not, I think the lowest he'll go is probably the IC picture, especially if Naito wins. So if Naito beats Suzuki, boom, Zack beat Naito in the New Japan Cup. Easy rematch. Yeah. Um, one thing I loved about this match um, was the build to it with Zack Sabre winning through submission or referee stoppage in every match in the New Japan Cup. And then they really played off of going into the match that Okada had only ever tapped out once before in his career to Shinsuke Nakamura. And just the way they told that story and the way they built that between, you know, all the last, seemed like, I mean, I know it hasn't really been that long, but it seems like the last month and a half, all Zack Sabre Jr. has done in New Japan is make people tap out. And now here we go with Okada, and can Okada make it two tap outs for... I mean, can Zack Sabre Jr. make it two tap outs for Okada? Yeah. I, and I that, love that storytelling. Yeah, and they and Kevin Kelly and Don Callis brought that up, that Okada's only ever tapped once, and it was to, God, a uh, triangle choke to Nakamura. Yeah. And sure enough, Zack Sabre Jr., slapped on that triangle which was a huge move he used through the entire new japan cup and, and okada fought out of it he was ready for it too and both guys both guys amazing match again like we said 35 minutes felt like a blink of an eye because it was like watching a chess match but with people you know each guy knew what move a would do to their opponent and vice versa counters this and that and it was just it was beautiful and it, and after the win, Tanaha or Okada got the win. Sorry, um, you know Rainmaker, Tombstones, uh, Okada gets the W, and then our old pal Tanahashi comes back out. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get the setup for Dentaku. The the first weekend in May is going to be uh, Tanahashi and Okada going for the um, the IWGP title. To where Okada, if he beats Tana, not only beats him, but then beats his record for most title defenses. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you feel going into that? The ace, the legend, going against you know the guy who's who's kind of leading the charge now. Um, I can honestly say that I don't know how to predict this match. Uh, I don't know how to book this match. I don't know how to you know I'm I'm at a loss because on on one hand I don't want to see. Tanahashi's record be broken but on the other hand what an amazing passing of the torch match this could be for Okada yeah I think that's honestly how most fans are going to feel like you've got a chance for this this young guy who has earned it every step of the way Okada is a master in the ring beating a guy it took him forever to finally beat 
one more big time to take his record from him? Or do you have the ace who, who wants to go out there and prove he's got one more big one in him and, and takes the crown? Um, and if and uh, let's say Tanahashi does win, mm-hmm. who do you then put him in a program with following? So Tana Tana wins, gets the belt. Um, I ooh, oh, I like that. Okay, so when when does Suzuki take on Naito? Is that at the same event that Tanahashi and Okada? Um, let me look. Because I'm looking at night one, and I don't see it, so let me check night two. Nothing like good good radio here, folks. Yeah. Well, let me just... Okay, so let's work off the assumption that they are going to... So let's say Suzuki drops it to... Drops the IC title to Naito. Tanahashi wins against Okada. Then the next big event that New Japan has is a retelling of the Intercontinental Championship match, but this time for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match between Tanahashi and Suzuki. And that's right where I was going to go. That's the Other than Okada, that's the next story that makes the most sense for, uh, for Tanahashi is, can Suzuki once again just cripple Tanahashi and, and take another championship from him? Yeah. Does New Japan, do they ever do triple threats for their IWGP Heavyweight Championship? Uh, not that I can honestly ever remember. They don't, don't do triple yeah. threats a lot. Usually it'll be like with the, the junior stuff. So you're either your juniors single title, the tag title tend to be your multi-man matches. I can't remember ever seeing one for, um, the IWGP title, but then again, I might be wrong. New Japan has been around for a while. Because that would uh, be Suzuki, Tana and Okada would be a pretty damn good match. Yeah, that would be just a, a monster. If you need to sell out a big arena, that's an easy way to do it without even trying. Yeah. Uh, but getting into Dintaku, uh, it is a two-night show starting on Thursday, May 3rd, concluding on Friday, May 4th. So we are just a month away. Again, we're going to see a lot of a lot of interesting matches here. Uh, just kind of looking at, the again, the top end of the card on night one. We've got a six-man match for the never-openweight six-man tag titles, the Tongans, defending against the Young Bucks and Marty Skrull. So mm. once again, we've got a huge uh, Bullet Club, Bullet Club match here that could really, you know, shake the foundation. Uh, that night, in the co-main event, we have Kota Ibushi against Cody Rhodes in a rematch of Wrestle Kingdom 12. Yep. In the main event, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Okay. Uh, so three huge. Yeah, that one's. That I'm, not one's th- I'm not that crazy about that main event, but okay. No, that one's not as crazy. Um, not as exciting. But looking at the the singles guys, I mean, the only other one I would think would really garner a good one against Kenny would be Tamatanga, but he's going to be defending the belts early on. Right. But that's three huge. I mean, and Kota Bushi not a part of the Bullet Club, but I think right. being in the Golden Lovers with Kenny, he's kind of that weird extension almost. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he kind of is, kind of isn't, because he's been teaming with Chase Owens a lot. Um, so I consider that three huge Bullet Club-based matches. And then on night two, I've got a few more good ones here for you. It is going to be... Where are they going? I just had them. The Young Bucks, Marty Skrull, Hangman Page, and Cody versus... The Golden Lovers and the Tongans in a 10-man, 30-minute time limit match. And that is the card that's also going to have Osprey versus Kushida for the junior title. And the main event will be Okada and Tanahashi. So night two. Night two is the one to watch if you're going to stay up and watch That's going to be the big one. Yeah, Yeah. because that's going to have your your three big matches. That's going to be your big Bullet Club blow-off. Yeah. um, Leading into the G1 in July. Right. And Dominion in June. And then, yeah, your your IWGP title with Tana and Okada, that should be enough for you. But the the legend in Kushida versus Osprey is another similar story. You know, the legend against the guy who's coming up trying to, uh, to rework the wheel and replace him. Right. So here's what I'm thinking. Since um, the Young Bucks and Skrull are taking on uh, the Tongans and Bad Luck Folly two nights in a row, I'm going to say that the Never Openweight... Uh, titles change hands the first night because that would be a nice little thing for 
uh, Skrull to do, and it'd be a nice thing, nice titles for the Young Bucks to hold. For yeah, a while. and it, it would be a hell of a way to add some spice to that that ten man on night two, to where you know Cody's not gonna have a belt going in, Hangman won't have a belt, but if you've got the other three men on the team, and then boom, you've got your instant feud with the Lovers and Team Cody, and then the Bucks and Scarlet against the Tongans. Yeah. yeah, that makes that 10-man a whole lot more interesting. And the, than... and the Tongans are going to be pissed off, too, because the Young Bucks and Scarlet just took their titles away from them. Yeah, they are not going to be happy, guys. They're not happy as it is. They're going to be even more angry. Yeah. <coughs> uh, but yeah, like we said, um, I think that... I think that... Is that all you wanted to talk about? Yeah, because, I mean, we covered Strong Style Evolved uh, over the weekend. We uh, just hit Secure Genesis, which is, is setting up not only Supercard of Honor, because um, some more matches, I believe it was, going for the ROH Six Fans are going to be the Young Bucks and Flip Gordon, uh, which if you are an ROH fan or a Being the Elite fan, you know Flip. Uh, he will be in there. I believe Hangman Page has a match. I can't remember against whom. Um, but then Marty for the ROH title and the main right. events, Kenny versus Cody, you know, essentially for the, the Bullet Club. Yeah. Um, so Supercard of Honor, as well as NXT and WrestleMania this weekend are probably my three big ones. Again, obviously, they're the, the three main uh, cards for the two major companies, so it's duh. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of wrestling this week and this weekend, man. Yeah, this week Woo. is going to be crazy. Have you seen the new uh, Being the Elite episode they put out today? No, they dropped it when I was at work, and then right as I logged on to my computer to uh, just talk to you, it popped up. So I'm going to watch it right as we hop off here. Okay. Um, the new so logo just came out in, in, that, I saw in that. that episode. I saw that. And <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping it's a joke logo. But uh, anyways, um, so yeah, uh, Strong Style Evolved, great event. Um, Sakura Genesis, great event. I'm sure um, Dentaku will be a great event, great two-night event. Uh, this weekend, we're going to be talking about WrestleMania. Uh, we'll preview yeah, NXT, NXT TakeOver, WrestleMania. If we have time, we might hit a couple of the big matches from Supercard of Honor. Uh, I just put out earlier today on Monday our punishment poll for... Our uh, WrestleMania predictions: The loser will either have to do the cinnamon challenge three times consecutively, uh, buy the winner a shirt of the winner's choice, a wrestling T-shirt of the winner's choice, or we'll have to take three chops from a professional wrestler. And uh, checking the poll, last time I checked it, getting chopped was running away with it by quite yep. a bit. It was like people. Because you're all assholes, that's why. You've never been chopped. Yeah. Well, have you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It ain't fun. That's why Zach and I don't want to do it. Go ahead. Um, so that's our Speaking theory. Speaking of chops, was it Strong Style Evolved? Where, oh, God, who was it? Was it... Oh, fuck. I'm blanking on it. It was. It had to be Strong Style Evolved, where it was, I think, Ishii and someone else were just chopping the shit out of each other. Oh, yeah. Um... Oh God, that's our future, Shane. Yeah. Well, here all I have to say is uh, just don't get your predictions wrong for Sunday, and you won't have to do it. I want to know, baby. <laughs> um. So, anyways, like you can go on our Twitter at WrestleAholic. Uh, it's pinned to the top of our profile, so you can't miss it. Vote in the punishments for us. Um. Let us know what we have to do. Uh. Yeah, it's looking like it's looking like chops. It's seventy uh, percent chop right now, and there's only uh, seventeen votes as of Monday night. So um, looks like uh, you or Zach are going to be taking some chops from from a professional wrestler. I'm sorry, who's zero one already? Oh yeah, you and, lost the first challenge, brother. And Zach, Zach lost two, so we're both zero one. That's right. I'm in the driver's seat. Yeah. All streaks have to come to an end. Brock Lesnar taught us that lesson. Yeah, we saw how well that worked out. Yeah. Anyways, um, got a little off track there at the end. But yeah, this weekend we're coming out with our WrestleMania predictions. Uh, WrestleMania weekend predictions. 
And as of right now, we are six days away. When this comes out on Tuesday, we'll be five days away from WrestleMania. So uh, send us your questions on Twitter. We'll answer them in our WrestleMania prediction piece. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleAholic, at WrestleAholicJPN for our Japan coverage. Uh, at WrestleAholic UK for our UK coverage, uh, WrestleAholic.com, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Patreon. You can follow me on Twitter at Shane Merriman. You can follow Brendan on Twitter at Brendan Mizgala. Uh, we added two new re- two new wrestlers, two new writers to the site this week. Um, their stuff should be coming out fairly soon. Um, so yeah. Yeah, keep posted to the Twitter and the, uh, the website. We're gonna be doing, uh, a lot of previews this week of, of not only what we think will happen, but if we agree with it or how we would have done it. So, as you know, we do, we're pretty opinionated, but not like in a, a negative bummer kind of way. You know, right. we just want to enjoy wrestling, so we do it in a fun way. Uh, and then as the show goes on during WrestleMania, we'll be doing live updates, uh, results, the fun stuff. And then uh, Big Shane himself has tasked himself as the boss here <laughs> with the um, the full WrestleMania recap. So he has to pay attention to everything. The rest of us can, you know, eat and drink and be merry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's our... Uh... That's our plans for WrestleMania. I'm sure Brendan's probably going to go to a big party and watch it. Uh, I'm going to sit by myself in my house. I'll probably get my wife to watch at least three matches, and then she'll tap out. Um, But, yeah, you know, I'll have some people over. Maybe I'll have Zach over and have a good time. Yeah. Um, All right, so that is our um, Sakura Genesis review with a few other things thrown in. Uh, We'll see you guys this weekend with our WrestleMania weekend review. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys then. See you guys.